Thank you, honorable members. Before we proceed, I would like to remind you that the virtual mini plenary is deemed to be in the precincts of parliament, and it does constitute a meeting of the National Assembly for debating purposes only. In addition to the rules of virtual sittings, the rules of the National Assembly, including the rules of debate, will apply. Members enjoy the same powers and privileges that apply in the sitting of the National Assembly. Members should equally note that anything that is said in the platform is deemed to have been said to the House and may be ruled upon. All members who have logged in shall be considered to be present and are requested to mute their microphones and only unmute them when recognized to speak. The microphones are very sensitive and it will pick up any noise which may disturb the attention of other members. And when recognized to speak, please unmute your microphone and connect your video. Members may make use of the icons on the bar at the top or the bottom of their screens, which has an option that allows a member to put up his or her hand to raise a point of order. The Secretariat will assist in this regard. And when using the virtual system, members are urged to refrain or desist from unnecessary points of order or interjections. We shall now proceed to the order, which is debate on vote number 28. Police, including vote number 24, Independent Police Investigative Directorate, and vote number 21, Civilian Secretariats for the Police Appropriation Bill. I now recognize the Honorable Minister of Police. The Honorable Minister. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Good afternoon to you and honorable members. Honorable Chairperson, honorable ministers present on the platform, honorable deputy ministers, Chairperson of Portfolio Committee on Police, Ms. Tina Jomat, and members of Portfolio Committee, honorable MECs, members of Parliament, National Commission of the South African Police General, Fran Masimula, National Head of the PCI, General Kofulibia, Acting Secretary of Police, Mr. Dagalane Ramuru, Executive Director of IPED, Ms. Dikele Tizalen, Serial CEO, Mr. Chawuge, DPC, I Judge Homo, the, the leadership of organized labor, and the Minister of Police. Sanbonan Tumelang, Molueni, Abshen, good afternoon. Today, I address this August House delivering the budget for budget vote of the police, the Independent Police Investigating Directorate, and the Civilian Secretariat for Police Service. As the country and the world at large embraces the economic, social, and political rainbow, post the devastating COVID 19 overcast in the past two years. The three-legged port in the Ministry of Police together with the supporting entities have reinforced and regrouped in support of a call to action of taking steps to strengthen our democracy and reaffirm our commitment to a constitution that protects us all. Chairperson, even the strongest three-legged port cannot perform miracles in the absence of adequate collection of strong firewood. Therefore, after constructive deliberations and progressive diagnosis, we all agreed that the strongest firewood that will make the three-legged port will be the police, IP, and the civilian secretariat to be effective and efficient. 
That is our communities we serve. Honorable members, it is on that score we dedicated this budget vote to the rebuilding and strengthening community relations in the fight against crime. Today we say umuntu umuntu ngabantu. Ipoisa, ipoisa, we are anchoring our police to the communities they serve. We are advocating for progressive change. Communities must be able to say these are our police and the police must be equally embrace communities and continue to serve and protect. His Excellency President Cyril Ramaphosa during the State of the Nation address said, I quote, unquote, Another area of immediate attention would be the re-establishment of the Community Policing Forum to improve relationship and coordination between local police and the residents of areas they serve. Chairperson, before the, the dawn of the democracy in 1994, I attended a safety and security training in Scotland, London, together with Dr. John, John Becker of the Institute of Security Studies. Part of the training was to conceptualize and understand the notion of community policing forum. Hence, I took particular interest in the article Dr. Becker published on the 1st of November last year, where he penned his views on the current state of our community policing forum. It therefore becomes increasingly imperative that we minimize debates in this regard and meaningfully engage in a discourse that will ensure that the directives of this of his excellency the president are realized honorable members you would recall that the establishment of the cpfs is provided for the section 22 for section 221 sub sub 2 of the constitution and section 19 sub 1 of the south african police service Act 68 of 1995. The CPFs and business together with the police must establish and maintain partnership with the community, promoting communication between the police and the community. Furthermore, promote cooperation and ensure that the police fulfill the needs of the community in respect of policy, improve the service of the police to the community, improve transparency and accountability of the SEPs, and promote joint pro problem identification and problem solving. Therefore, the philosophy of community policy and forum is not new. In fact, it has been proven that the more involved law enforcement in which the residents they are sought to protect, the more residents can help police achieve their goals of reducing crime. To date, there are currently 772 functional CPFs countrywide. Jefferson, the death of 300 people during week-long lawlessness that befell us in July last year will remain one of the darkest times in our democratic history. The unrest called for the clear reforms of security services and at the same time exposed the divide between the police and the communities they serve. The police needed to the community and the community needed the police. But it was clear community police and forum was at its weakest and therefore was leading to no trust between the police and the communities. The July 2021 unrest that engulfed South Africa 
posed a serious security threat to the country's economy and highlighted some security gaps in intelligence-driven collaboration between the private security industry and other government law enforcement agencies. In responding decisively to the July arrest, a total of 19 instigators of violence were arrested and more will be arrested, Chairperson, including those who met it and told brutality to another race group under the disguise of defending their community and, proper, and property during the unrest. To date, 36 suspects have been arrested for their alleged respective roles in the matter of 35 people, and 31 people have been arrested for attempted murder in Phoenix. Meanwhile, Syrah has conducted an analysis to determine what went wrong and what needs to be improved in terms of the private security industry involvement as a force multiplier in the fight against time and the protection of the country's economy. Sira believes that the considered effort in building relations between the industry uh, and, other enforcement and, and other law enforcement is in terms of information gathering and sharing will go a long way in preventing similar incidents in future. In line with many improvements to follow, the collaboration of CIRA, SEBS, and SSA will see the authority launching a mandatory counterterrorism awareness campaign in the form of 40 hours of training for the private security industry in the next two quarters of this financial year. CERA and SEPS will collaborate to ensure practical working relationship between private security industry and state security agencies, in line with the established and existing partnership framework. Honorable members, I deliver this budget vote with a clear presidential directive in mind for the police to be embedded in the communities they serve. Jefferson, I present to you the South African Police Service budget vote 28 for this financial year to the amount of 196.95 billion. The Independent Police Independent Directorate uh, budget vote 24 to amount of 357 million, and the Department of Civilian Secretariat for Police Service budget vote 21 of amount of 150 228 million. SEPS has allocated 10 million for support community outreach program. The robust and progressive community engagement through Zimbizo will continue to gain priority and momentum going forward. Our visits to Pimville, Gipslot, Buchabedo, Mahfeking, Rusigisigi, Delft, Kailisha, Loskop, Dachakral, Phoenix, Amawoti, Malamlele, Bushpakrish, and Bopabel, and many more are the evidence towards achieving our goal of promoting community participation in government. In response effectively to public address, capacitation of public order policing through recruitment has been prioritized. POP will receive an additional of 4,000 members during this financial year. 150 million was allocated to the operational response environment as part of once-off allocation over the three-year period for capital modernization, including procurement of armored vehicles and aircrafts, and a further 
9 million allocation has been set aside for the procurement of protective gear for POP members. Equally, the civilian secretariat for police service as the custodian of civilian oversight have allocated 4.8 million to improve effective community partnership in this regard. Meanwhile, the CSPS has developed the national policing policy which provides the policy direction for responding to the current policing, crime, and violent challenges in the country. Jefferson, it is imperative to note a significant milestone where in March 2022, Cabinet approved the Integrated Crime Prevention and Violence Strategy, which is an implement, implementing tool for the 2016 White Paper on Safety and Security, which the primary objective of addressing the root causes of crime and violence, uh, violence through whole of government and whole of society approach to crime and violence prevention in the country. The balanced yet independent approach in the functioning of the SEPS, IPT, and SPS will contribute, to, will contribute positively in the fight against crime. The three institutions will be forever be encouraged to operate independently of each, of each other when responding to their respective legislative mandates. While CSPS is providing policy ad advice and strategic of oversight, the IPT is a significant watchdog in ensuring that SEP's constitutional mandate is realized. In this regard, the IPT plays a critical role in contributing towards improvement in policy and conduct by engaging in station le lectures across all provinces. In the previous financial year, 33 stations lecture awareness sessions were conducted, and the total of 40 stations lectures will be undertaken this financial year. Moreover, in June 2021, IPT launched Access and Awareness Rural Strategy, which is aimed at improving accessibility to IP services and strengthening relationship with stakeholders in the rural areas. During this financial year, IPT will continue to establish new offices in other provinces. To date, 11 new offices were established in three provinces in the previous financial year. This administration is working with agility to improve community relations at all levels of government. The three-legged court SEPS IPCSPS is hell-bent in restoring the trust deficit that impacts on our overall fight against crime. Against crime, the organisation has taken up the challenge to rebuild itself and at the same time improve its image and regain the trust in the communities we serve. Yes, honorable members, the trio led by the ministry is similar to the active construction site as much needed repairs, demolition, alterations, restorations, and refreshment get underway. All these minor to major changes are aimed at improving the overall functionality of the SEPs and supporting entities, especially police station level. As we roll out plans to rebuild and strengthen community relations in the fight against crime, key to this is to channel adequate and functional resources and, and, and manpower to police stations to ensure that the fight against crime is effective and efficient in winning public confidence in policy. Jefferson, 
To qualify the above, the National Treasury allocated additional funding for the recruitment of 12,000 new police trainees over the MTEF with an allocation of 5.8 billion to rejuvenate and improve policing capacity. Honorable members, for the current financial year, the biggest intake of 10,000 trainees is aimed at closing the gap of the past two years where training was halted due to the COVID-19 lockdown. To this end, over 500 million has also been reserved for the baseline for expenditure associated with the trainees undergoing basic police development. A further recruitment of additional 5,000 new recruits for the next financial year will commence in June 2022, while an additional 200 graduates, especially the BSCS graduates, will commence training in August 2022. To date, myself, Deputy Minister Matale, and the National Commissioner, we have visited and addressed the new police recruits stationed at Serb Swane Academy and Kimberley SANTF 3 SAI military base, respectively. As the ministry, we remain confident in the ability of Serbs and SNTF management to iron out some of the teething problems experienced at some of the training facilities. Provinces with highest incidence of reported crime have been prioritized in terms of the allocated baseline budgets. The top 30 high contact crime weight stations have been prioritized in terms of resources which includes an additional budget allocation of 62 million, while 25 million additional allocation will be directed to safety and security at police stations. The Wazulu Natal, Gauteng, Sen Cape, Western Cape, and Limbombo provinces received the biggest allocation of, of funds in this regard. A further 26 million additional funding will continue to capacitate the anti-gang units in this regard. Western Cape Province has the lion's share of this budget with 10 million allocated towards preventing, combating, and investigation gang violence in that province. Honorable members, this budget will support and continue efforts and operational plans to deal with stations that contribute high murder and attempted murder statistics, including other violent crime. The additional budget allocations over and above the baseline budget must make a difference in Nomlazi, Inanda, Plesestad, Harala, Cryfontaine, Delft, Mfule, Nkaili, Shakakhi, Sutoke, Ando, and others. Station commanders and, and their members, including provincial commissioners and their management teams, will have to occupy the streets more often than before and, and saturate these places with continuous crime prevention and multidisciplinary operations. This budget allocation must be spent to its entirety. We will not accept any rollovers in this financial year. Otherwise, there will be consequences. Key in achieving the ultimate goal of, having, uh, of halving uh, violent crimes by 2030, policing at station level must be enhanced and adequately resourced. This includes significant investment towards boosting the morale of our members. No matter the willingness of the communities to enhance partnership with the police, a demoralized workforce will not add value in the fight against crime. We therefore 
call upon the National Commissioner and his management to prioritize the wellness of police members across the board. I'm happy to announce that the last leg of the agreement reached with organized labor uh, during the uh, during discussion will be implemented. This agreement will see 8,607 constables and sergeants promoted to sergeants and warrant officers respectively. These promotions will contribute significantly to an improvement of the of the morale. The organization seeks to renew the trust and confidence among the people of South Africa through enhanced service and performance. With every plan rebuilding project, there is a design or a plan that must be followed. The required materials to build credible and solid structure are being prioritized. After all, trust is earned when action makes words. There are four pillars that form the cornerstone of the rebuilding project, and they include increased recruitment of more members to bolster police response times and police visibility, adequate and increased funding of gender-based violence and femicide investigations and protests, capacitation and resourcing of critical and specialized units of the SEPs, strengthening the community organization and partnership with law enforcement to join fight, to join fight against crime. Chairperson, to date, investigation of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, TRC, case emanating from the promotion of National Unity and Reconciliation Act of 95 investigations are receiving priority by the DPCI, which since hired investigators on three-year contract basis. Of these investigators, 34 have been specifically assigned to investigate the TRC recommended cases. These contract workers started on the 1st of April 2021 from the 100 TRC cases on, on hand. Six of these are currently on the court roll with the inquest case also in court. 17 cases have been referred to the NPA for decision while 76 cases are under investigation. Furthermore, the TPCI will be attending to the 22-210 cases involving national priority offenses of these. More than 13,000 accused are appearing before the various court roles in the country. It is worth mentioning that last financial year, the directorate affect, affected approximately 2,400 arrests and secured 1,137 convictions. Of these arrests, 342 were for illegal mining, 178 for damage to fuel pipelines, 146 for cash and transit, of which 10 life sentences and 365 years imprisonment have been secured. 10 life sentences with 215 years were secured for murder of police officials. The DPCI is one of the key role players in Fusion Center. Since its establishment, about 3.39 billion from the proceeds of crime, which includes COVID-19 relief corruption, has been recovered, and more than 613.2 million is in suspected criminal funds frozen. As at the end of financial year, a total of 230 incidents were registered with 171 under investigation. 61 cases are in court with 129 accused. 20 court cases have been finalized 
with 19 convictions. In VPS cases, the investigation team recorded more than 2,000 statements. To date, 27 suspects have been arrested and are facing 188 counts of patents of racketeering activities, money laundering, corruption, fraud, and theft in the course of law. Amongst the 22,000 cases ended by the TPCI is the State Fund International Holding MV investigation. Even though these unforeseen delays in the resolving this matter is concerning, so far over 300 statements have been obtained, and this highly complex investigation extends to 12 other jurisdictions. Currently, there are 32 additional witnesses whose statements are to be obtained in South Africa so that we proceed. The KPCI shall, in conjunction with Investigation Directorate of the NPA, also focus on the cases emanating from the State Capture Commission of the various recommendations relating to the law enforcement. A number of cases were already under investigation, and some of these matters were already serving before the court. On the 2021-22 financial year, the TPCI contributed towards the prevention, restraint, and forfeiture orders impacting on 208.9 million of criminal networks. Honorable members, there is a progressive and significant uh, down management of DNA backlog within the forensic science laboratories. The backlog has been reduced by 38.71% from 251.603 to 154.204. To this end, additional allocation of 50 million will support all buckle samples, uh, samples and collection kits operations. Meanwhile, another additional budget of 100 million will be allocated to provinces over and above baseline to support all programs related to the GPVF action plans and FCS unit resourcing, including the top 30 station. Continuous breakthrough in the GPF related crimes boost public confidence in policy. True to our gender-based violence and sexual offenses, action plan of 1.3 billion is allocated to baseline activities related to the GPV and resourcing of FCS units. 1.263 billion of this amount will go towards the unit's operational expenses, including human and other resources. 30 million will be geared towards the serving of youth, uh, children, and vulnerable groups, including awareness campaigns. Chairperson, on the 29th of April, the police ministry led in this to Sigisigi. The community engagement further showed that the, the residents of this area, which has one of the highest rape incidents in the country, struggles with access to police services due to shortage of police vehicles. Agent policing interventions have since been put in place to allow the better service of, for this community. But it is also equally crucial that victims of this dreadful crime are met with professional services at the point of reporting. To date, GPV desks at the police stations have been established at the top 30 uh, national GPV hotspots such as Lusigisig and other stations. GP, GPV desks are also available at 1,153 police stations countrywide. These desks are staffed with the members trained in GPVF-related causes. To date, 82,577 police officers have undergone such training. 
such training. President Cyril Ramaphosa pronounced succinctly in his State of the Nation address that infrastructure, the ongoing vandalism and theft of economic infrastructure has damaged confidence and severely constrained economic growth, investment and job and job creation. He then instructed the government, especially the police, to move on. These crimes will not be allowed to go unabated. This is why task teams will be established at Chaperson in 18 identified hotspots linked to municipalities with highest reported cases of such crime. These multidisciplinary task teams will focus on extortion and construction sites and businesses and illegal mining. The highly skilled teams will tackle theft of non-fessorous metals, copper cables, and put measures to combat and stop illegal mining. Residents of Pinville, Diplouf, Eldorado Park, Clipsprate, and many more communities cannot continue to be held ransom and left in the dark due to the cable theft and related crimes. Task teams will also tackle essential infrastructure crimes, such as the temporary damaging or destroying infrastructure-related energy, transport, water, sanitation, and communication. Critical infrastructure crimes will also be on the radar, which involve the attack, damage, or theft of fuel pipe, pipelines and related crimes. Legislation to this effect is also underway. Honorable Minister, Honorable Minister, your time is now expired. Thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable Minister. The next speaker is the Honorable Jumat Peterson. Thank you very much, Honorable House Chairperson. I wish to greet our Minister and uh, all our Chairpersons, members of the House, the National Minister, Deputy Minister, National Commissioner, all members of the security cluster, our policemen and women in particular. The tragic murder and brutal death of Ms. Nomkla serves as a reminder of the siege of women and the fear we live in every single day. Our women are being murdered, are being viciously murdered at the hand of boyfriends, husbands, and intimate partners. The Honorable President recently stated, and I quote, that the unacceptably high levels of gender-based violence and femicide in South Africa are a blight on our national conscience and a betrayal of our constitutional order for which so many fought and for which so many have given their lives. South Africa holds the same shameful distinction of being one of the most unsafe places in the world to be a woman. We have amongst the highest rates of intimate partner violence and honorable chairperson, the committee expresses our sincere condolences to Mshantla's family and loved ones. May her beautiful soul rest in peace. Honorable Chairperson, it is further extremely concerning that evidence has emerged that the perpetrator of this heinous crime is a member of the police service. Of course, the police service is a microcosm of our society and they are not immune to being victims or perpetrators of domestic violence. However, members of the police service must serve and protect our citizens, but far too often, they themselves are on the wrong side of the law. We call on all those, the National Commissioner uh, and the Minister, as well as the Committee, to leave no stone unturned 
to ensure justice for Namhla and all the other women viciously murdered by intimate partners. Honorable Chairperson, we have adopted the Criminal Law Forensic Procedures Amendment Bill last week, which enables the police to take DNA samples from all convicted Schedule 8 offenders. This is a massive step forward to bring justice to victims of gender-based violence and femicide. During public hearings, the committee was told of one extreme case that illustrates the importance of this bill. A certain Mr. Mkhi was convicted on a charge of common assault and received a suspended sentence. But before being released, his DNA was taken and loaded on the convicted offender, offender's index of the DNA database. Because of this simple act of taking his DNA sample, he was linked to several crimes for which he pleaded guilty and was sentenced to 15 terms of life imprisonment and 12 terms of 10 years imprisonment. The power of this amendment bill is truly immense and we must salute the minister and his team for assisting us in, in processing this bill so fast. It is almost unprecedented for all members, Honorable Chairperson, to support an amendment bill unanimously. In this case, politics is set aside for the common good of our people. We would especially like to thank Honorable Whitfield for proposing the adoption of the bill and the support of all political parties in the adoption of the amendment bill. Honorable Chairperson, the SAPS has allocated approximately 1.3 billion on its baseline activities related to the gender-based violence and resourcing of FCS units. 1.2 billion of FCS units, human and other resources that include operational expenses. 30 million on youth, children and vulnerable groups, including awareness campaigns. In addition to the above, 70 million plus 30 million was allocated to provinces for prioritization of gender-based violence, responses and the strengthening of FCS units. This will go a long way to address the scourge of gender-based violence and femicide that plagues our society and terrorizes our women and young girls. Honorable Chairperson, our country has, been, has seen violence and injustice in the July 2021 unrest that unfolded in parts of KwaZulu-Natal and Gauteng, and this shocked our nation tremendously. The Portfolio Committee on Police is committed to deal with the findings and recommendations of this report, together with that of the South African Human Rights Commission hearings into the unrest. Once referred to Parliament, this is, this is an uncompromising directive from President Ramaphosa for us to get to the bottom of all the complaints which were leveled. House Chairperson, businesses rallied heavily on, uh, relied heavily on private security providers to secure their properties. During the hearing, CIRA stated that they received many calls from security service providers requesting that they contact police management and ministers to request them to allow the security service providers to assist in defending infrastructure under attack. They were prepared to play a bigger role beyond just fulfilling the mandates of their direct client. CIRA addressed various accusations of the abuse of power of the private security service providers. The authority reiterated that private security guards are not allowed to search or arrest members of the public, 
but may do so within the property owned by business client. Security officers are also not allowed to set up roadblocks on public roads or to investigate members of the public. Sira indicated that security guards found guilty of unlawfully setting up a roadblock, arresting or assaulting members of the public will be held to account to Sira and to SEPS. Sira informed us that steps were taken to investigate alleged breaches, breaches by security service providers for or members thereof and to tighten controls in the regulatory system. Sira received a third in its third consecutive clean audit. This means that the authority did not record any financial misstatements. Honorable Chairperson, in September last year, President Ramaphosa signed the Private Security Industry Regulation Act 2014 into law, which will greatly enhance the regulation of the private security industry. The committee welcomes the recent success of the Crime Intelligence National Anti-Kidnapping Task Team that was established last year in response to the spike of kidnapping cases where a ransom was demanded. In February this year, the alleged kingpin and his associates believed to be behind a spate of kidnappings across Gauteng was arrested in Johannesburg area. This shows a responsive police service with the capacity and capability to address changes in crime patterns. Honorable Minister, we welcome the 10,000 additional police members which will be recruited and have already uh, uh, taken up position. This shows that SAPS is focused on job creation. Needless to say that more than 100,000 new jobs were created in the security, in the security, private security industry. Honorable Chairperson, at the end of 2021 financial year, SAPS received an unqualified audit for the first time in five years. This is a great success and achievement, not only for the police, but for the Portfolio Committee on Police. It was achieved through our dogged persistence in executing our oversight mandate and determination to keep the SAPS um, accountable and to improve their performance. Our next aim is to help the police service obtain a clean audit. We would like to encourage the Civilian for Secretariat for Police to continue the development of key legislation to strengthen policing functions in South Africa. To this end, we would like this amendment of the SAPS Act and the IPAD Act to come to Parliament as soon as possible. We have heard disturbing truths about the desperate state of police stations when we had a meeting with the Minister and the Minister of Public Works and Infrastructure. To state it quite bluntly, they, uh, the Minister of Public Works said it was a disaster, it was a catastrophe. But we had a very positive meeting with both the Ministers. The situation is receiving high level of attention and the achievements will be visible soon. Police stations are the first contact point with the public. Once a person steps into a station and sees it in a state of disrepair, they form an opinion of unprofessionalism. It is unfair to blame the police for something that is not in their control. Our police members deserve a con a conducive working conditions from which to discharge their constitutional mandate. We must not lose sight of the monetary value of a hundred billion rand and how this is used to fight crime. The police budget is enormous and must be applied effectively to combat violent crime in our country. Honorable House Chairperson, on behalf of the Portfolio Committee on Police, 
I wish to thank our police officers who risk life and limb to protect our country and our people. I encourage these brave men and women to keep their heads high. You are respected. I wish to thank the work of the committee, Honorable Siabi, members of the Portfolio Committee, including those from the opposition parties for their hard work and, and dedication towards ensuring that we root out crime and corruption in our country. I wish to thank the National Commissioner was newly appointed. I wish to congratulate the National Commissioner and thank him and his team for their persistent work. Honorable House Chairperson, we, we thank the Minister, the Deputy Minister and their teams for steering a ship, which is a very difficult ship in a battle against crime and corruption. Honorable House Chairperson, the African National Congress supports Budget Vote 28. I thank you. Thank you, Honorable Member. The next speaker is the Honorable Whitfield. Thank you, House Chairperson. A professional police service characterized by high levels of discipline, merit-based appointments, and a capable fit-for-purpose senior management, which inspires confidence through its ranks and in the public by reducing violent crime. This is the police service that we deserve, and this is the police service for which we must fight. Not even the minister can deny that the last decade of policing in South Africa has seen the most basic policing functions immobilized by political interference, corruption and incompetence at the highest levels. A lack of professionalism, broken management systems and the deteriorating quality of investigations have all contributed in taking saps to the brink of collapse. The chain of command has been compromised by politics and the promotion of unqualified cadres above their qualified, capable counterparts, giving rise to declining levels of morale, poor performance, and even corruption. And what has the solution been to this long list of institutional and systemic failures? More money. Between 2012 and 2022, the SAP's budget increased by 65% from 62 billion rand to 100 billion. Over the same period, SAPS has had six national police commissioners and murders have increased by nearly 40%. In 2021, SAPS had an opening balance of 1.53 billion rand in irregular expenditure, with more than 3.4 billion rand in irregular expenditure still under assessment by the Auditor General. Contingent liabilities are up from 7.4 billion in 2020 to 8.2 billion in 2021, with a total of 52,203 civil claims valued at 60 billion rand still pending. Spending on training and development has declined from 100% in 2018 to just 8.9% in 2021. As a consequence, SAP's performance has declined from achieving 78% of its targets in 2018 down to 74% achieved in 2021. The detective services performance declining most dramatically from 83% of targets achieved in 2019 to 58% in 2021. So the budget has increased and the performance has declined proving that throwing more money at the problem is not a solution to the challenges faced by the SAPs. In 2021, SAPs conducted an organizational climate survey in which just 22% of SAPs members agreed that SAPs actually cares about their well-being, while only 16% of SAPs members said that SAPs does an excellent job in communicating changes that affect employees. The survey also revealed that 68% of SAPS members are dissatisfied with opportunities for future career progression, while 77% are dissatisfied with the process used for promotions in the SAPS. Declining morale has a direct bearing on declining performance. 
And this is where the new National Police Commissioner must allocate his time and resources. Far from the gaze of the cameras and the news media is where the solutions lie to repairing this broken institution. The new commissioner must avoid being dragged across the country from crime scene to crime scene by the minister. He must rather dedicate his time to repairing the internal deficiencies of the SAPs, which have given rise to declining performance and morale within its ranks. Now, we all know the long list of problems, DNA backlogs, firearm license chaos, police clearance certificate congestion, high crime rate, low conviction rates, corruption, and ill discipline. Behind these problems are people who have either been thrust into positions beyond their capability or people who suffer from debilitatingly low morale, using outdated systems and often working in buildings which should be condemned. Simply throwing money at these problems without analyzing and repairing the root causes will see performance continue to decline and crime continue to increase. Now, the minister likes to criticize the opposition when we criticize him. So today I offer 10 not so sexy, but very necessary solutions to the minister. And I challenge him to spend his last two years in office implementing them. They won't get you the headlines, minister, but they will fix the problems and help to repair your reputation. Number one, SAPs must take the outcomes of their survey seriously and intervene with urgency to address the shortcomings identified by their members. Number two, recruit for specialist skills in investigations urgently in order to improve the quality of police work and improve the conviction rate. Number three, amend the SAPs Act to ensure that the appointment process of the National Police Commissioner is transparent, merit-based, and insulated from political interference. Number four, introduce an independent discipline management unit to guarantee a culture of consequence management for rogue officers. Five, amend the discipline regulations, Minister. Amend them to prevent the SAPs from reinvestigating IPID's findings and undermining IPID's independence and authority. Six, modernize the training of officers across all divisions in order to improve outcomes and for goodness sakes, please fix the dilapidated and disgraceful SAPs training academies. Seven, demilitarize the SAPs to rebuild public trust and improve the quality of policing. Number eight, strengthen community policing partnerships with neighborhood watches, CPFs, NGOs, churches, private security, local law enforcement, and Metro Police. This will go a long way to improving outcomes and rebuilding trust in the communities the SAP serves. Number nine, develop targeted strategies to tackle the complex and often unique local challenges in communities across the country. And finally, number 10, devolve policing powers to provinces for more accountability and better oversight for better policing. These are actionable solutions which require political will and hard work. Channeling resources and time into these solutions will yield a more professional, more effective police service, which will achieve better outcomes. Honorable Minister, there are many hardworking and dedicating officer, dedicated officers who deserve so much better and could do so much more if they were given the space and the opportunity to lead. We owe it to them and the people of South Africa to fix the South African police service. Chasing cameras to crime scenes is not going to get the job done. I thank you. Thank you, Honourable Member. The next speaker is the Honourable Shembeni, and I also invite the Honourable Maswale to preside over the remainder of this mini plenary. The Honourable Shembeni. Thank you, Chairperson. Chairperson, on the 21st of April this year, Nam Shasin Waman was assassinated outside her home 
in Mtata in the Eastern Cape. As it has now been made public, Namsha was a victim of gender-based violence at the hands of a man who claimed to love her, Mfesana Major Pehizuru. The person who who murdered her pumped nine bullets in her body and simply strolled away after making sure that she was dead. From that day until Namsha's sister started speaking out on social media, the police had done absolutely nothing to investigate the case. To this day, the police have not even questioned the man who abused her for years because the man has connections across the Eastern Cape uh, and funds the lavish lifestyle of many of the politicians in that province, including the premier and the mayor of King Sabata Talinjebo municipality. Tomorrow, the EFF will lead progressive forces in the Eastern Cape in the march to the Madeira police station to demand answers from the police as to why they ignored this case for so long. Namka is not the only case that the police in Mtata and across the Eastern Cape have ignored. That part of the country is slowly becoming a GPV and the red capital of South Africa. Criminals are allowed to do as they please there because they work together with the police. Yusigisigi, another town where women and girls are unable to live in peace because men have declared war on their bodies. Mr. Kele, all this is happening right under your nose, sir. And your inaction on cases such as this is a huge indictment on your person and on the state. Women and girls need protection from all of us against these sadistic criminals. But the bug ultimately stops with you. The police have no plan of dealing with GPV whatsoever. You have allowed the DNA lab to collapse under your leadership, placing cases of thousands of women who have been raped or murdered in a serious job. You have allowed the firearms registry to collapse, leaving thousands of legal South Africans, guns owners, and prospective gun owners with nowhere to run while exposing guns and ammunition to collected criminal networks across the country. You have thoroughly politicized and then collapsed crime intelligence in this country, leading to aimless and ineffective crime prevention strategies in this country. It is as a result of this aimless policing that today we witness mass shootings every single weekend in Kailicha and in Cape Town. Why is that you don't, you do not Honourable, know? Honourable just a moment. My apologies. Thank you, uh, Honourable Hadebe, you have your hand up. Thank you. Thank you, Honourable Chairperson. I'm rising on Rule 85. The, the member on the platform has just insinuated that the minister has thoroughly collapsed the intelligence services. I think that that needs a substantive motion to deal with it. It cannot just be left like that. Thank you, Chair. I'll look into that, Honorable Hattabe, and get back to you. Thank you. Proceed, Honorable Shembin. Thank you, Honorable Chair. Why is it that you do not know the root causes of these mass shootings? Why have you failed to identify the masterminds behind these shootings? Why have you not dismantled the protection fee racket in the townships of Cape Town, Minister? Are you not aware that the protection fee racket 
has made it impossible for young people in the townships to open their own businesses. A few years ago, you asked for SANDF's involvement in fighting crime in Cape Town. But because that intervention was not led by proper intelligence, it failed to deal with the daily murders in Cape Town. You have failed our people, sir. You have watched on as the police are run by a criminal network that has no regard or respect for anything in this country. This was amply demonstrated when the police arrested advocate inside a courtroom in the middle of a court case involving Vincenzo Meiwa. It is also the police who tip off criminals whenever their honest colleagues are making any headway with their investigations. It is the police who allow the proliferation of drugs in the country because they themselves are in the pockets of the drug lords. We condemn your complicity in the escalation of crime in the country. We condemn your criminalization of the police force. We therefore reject this person, Mr. Minister. I thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Member. Honorable Hadeb, Honorable Shembeni made a political statement, which if the minister at the end wishes to respond, will do so. Uh, can we proceed to Honorable Singh? Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairperson. Honorable Chairperson, Honorable uh, Minister, I make these comments on behalf of Honorable Machozi, who sits on this committee and who is on sick leave at the moment. Firstly, let me take this opportunity to congratulate General Sassale Fani Masamola on his appoint recent appointment, and we trust that he puts together a management team the country can be proud of to do what is required of him, free of any political or any other interference. Honorable Chairperson, the National Development Plan outlines a utopian society where, and I quote, people living in South Africa feel safe at home, at school, and at work, and it continues, uh, women walk freely in the streets, and then it continues, children play safely outside, and the police service is well-resourced, close quotes. I'm sure all listening to this debate, Honorable Chairperson, can agree that the South African Police Services has a long, difficult road ahead if it is to achieve this vision within the next eight years. The crime statistics paint a sobering picture. The murder statistic for the third term of 21-22 financial year revealed that more women were killed in the last quarter of 2021 compared to the same period the pre previous year, while the murder rate also increased by 8.9% year on year. As the IFP, we have consistently expressed our concern over various issues highlighted in the committee's report, and among others, and I quote, the continued underspending of the SEPs of their budget allocation, which has a detrimental effect on service delivery and must be addressed as a matter of urgency, close quote. That is in the committee report. Further, we echo the concerns raised by the police and prison civil rights union, POP crew in particular, around, and this is what it says, the continuous decrease in the visible policing budget. And they continue to say the ineffectiveness of community policing forums and the lack of resources and infrastructure at police stations, especially in rural areas and townships, close quote. Honorable Chairperson Minister, there is a saying, if you take care, look after the pennies, the pounds take care of themselves. What this means is get the basics right. Our people need to be kept safe 
And in order to do this, SEPS needs a well-resourced, properly trained, boots-on-the-ground personnel. We can confirm the claim, especially in KwaZulu-Natal, that, quote, most police stations in rural areas and townships are housed in unsafe and dilapidated structures. And again, call on the minister to resolve this issue as a matter of urgency. We believe that if a conducive environment is presented for dedicated policemen and women to work in, the output will be greater. Basics such as uh, properly serviced vehicles and not vehicles standing in garages. And this is something, Honorable Minister, you need to investigate. And I know there's an investigation of the possible fraud that takes place with vehicles that are under repairs. If we give them the basics like proper uh, arms and uh, proper two-way radios, etc., we will find that their production increases considerably. Also, if the gender-based violence and sexual offences action plan is a key priority for 22-23, it is concerning that pop crew recommended that police stations must be resourced with the rape testing kits and police officers trained on how to use them. Why would pop crew say this if this is not happening, if this is something that's a problem to them? Why has this not been done yet? Where is the promised commitment to ending GBV and ensuring justice for the victims of these heinous crimes? Chairperson, in addition to keeping people safe, SAPs through their Director of Priority Crime Investigations must be fully capacitated, particularly as during 22-23, the DPCI will prioritize the investigations and recommendations of the State Capture Commission. According to the report, and I quote, the DPCI is severely capacitated, undercapacitated, and functions within with a 48% workforce. This is unacceptable. This lack of capacity dooms these investigations to failure before they even begin. The IFP also further notes and is in support of the committee's observations and recommendations regarding the civilian secretariat for police services, as well as those relating to the independent police investigative directive, directorate IPID. As regards IPID, Honorable Chair, the IFP is in agreement that it is completely unacceptable that, and I quote the figures from the report, the total backlog is currently 37,116 cases, close quote. Drastic action is needed. The issues I have highlighted, Honorable Chairperson, barely scratch the surface, and staff morale is at an all-time low. SAPS needs to get back to basics, as I said, and government needs to ensure sufficient resources, human and otherwise, for them to be able to get the job done. The promised 12... With the reservations, the IFP supports the budget vote. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Thank you very much. The next speaker will be Honorable Funewald. Thank you, Honorable uh, Chair. Chair, the Constitution determines that the police services must protect the citizens of South Africa and their property. The fact of the matter is that the police services is also that component of the criminal justice system that plays a major role to ensure that the citizens of South Africa is protected and that their property is protected. We have high rates of violent crime in South Africa. Chairperson, our murder rate 
It's about five times more than the world average. Our murder rate, 36 per 100,000 of the population. The world average, 7 per 100,000 of the population. Now, Chairperson, the State Department that deals and that is in possession of the most number of firearms in South Africa is the police services. Now, the Honourable Minister is very quick to show fingers to the public and legal firearm owners and accusing them of the reason for the high crime rates as far as violent crime is concerned. The fact is, Honourable Chair, we must go and see how does the police services deal with these firearms. They have more firearms than the South African National Defence Force. Now, over the last five years, since 2016, 2017 to 2020, 2021, there were 3,405 3, firearms stolen or lost by members of the police services. Of those, only 1,674 were recovered. In other words, there are 1,731 firearms still in circulation amongst criminals. Now, Chairperson, everybody knew and took note of the Norwood Police Station, where 175 firearms were lost from their SAPS 13 or the evidence store of the Norwood Station. And yes, the person in charge of that office committed suicide on the same time the audit was done in that SAPS 13 store. But the fact of the matter is, 170 firearms were lost. These evidence stores are crucial for our crime system and for the criminal justice system to protect our people. Now, Chairperson, I've asked a question to the Honourable Minister on what other items were lost in this order that, that was done on the SAPS 13 store in Norwood. And the official answer is that besides 175 firearms, that almost 80,000 rand in cash disappeared from this store. That, if you add them all up, there are not less than 53 cases where the evidence is now lost. That undermines the criminal justice system. And yes, the only thing the station commander did is he resigned in January of this year. So, Chairperson, that's where the problem is. It is then no wonder that if we look at the trust and the confidence the public has in the South African police services, declined from 47% in 1999 at the highest to only 27% at this moment. I will say Goeie haar werkende eerlijke lede in die Suid-Afrikaanse politiedienst. Maar ek wil een beroep op die minister doen. En ek wil een beroep doen op die nieuwe commissaris van politie en ontwens om sterkte toe. Daar gaan drasties opgetreed met woord. Teen discipline en om corruptie 
eenvoudig te bevecht in die Zuid-Afrikaanse politiestelsel. Waar die politie die strafrechtstelsel moet bevorderen en uitbreiden, is hij bezig om dit te ondermijnen en al die rooilichte is reeds aan. Ek dankie. Thank you, honorable member. The next speaker will be the honorable minister. Thank you, House Chairperson. The ACDP is very concerned about the increase in mass shootings in the country, the kidnapping of school children, the proliferation of drugs in the country, particularly in the vicinity of schools. It breaks our hearts to see the increase in the number of school children who drop out of schools because of drug addiction. The police must do more to find and arrest the drug dealers who are destroying the future leaders of our country. Now, this financial year, the subs budget has decreased in real terms by 4,1%. The budget for the strategic program of visible police and the essential sub-program of forensic science laboratories were also decreased. And sadly, Chairperson, budget constraints are not the only challenges facing SAP's staff. The men and women in blue also need to be reassured that they have the support of the top structures in the execution of their duties. They need to feel that their employer cares about their well-being and that promotion is possible if they are honest and diligent at all times. Right now, the morale among SAP's uh, staff is very low. Their current working conditions make it very difficult for them to maintain public order, protect and secure the inhabitants of South Africa and their property, and to also enforce the law as required by the SAPS Act. According to a survey, SAPS did on the morale of its staff in 2021. The organization is very poor at communicating changes that affect employees. Top management have also been known to disagree openly. There is no unity, no working together. Our police really also are understaffed. According to the expert panel report, the strength of the South African police service is a mere 180,000 for a population of some 60 million people. This financial year, funding is only enough to provide for an additional 12,000 entry-level members of the police. And unfortunately, 10,000 of these new recruits will simply be replacing former staff members who are now lost to subs for various reasons. So in actuality, there will only be 2,000 new staff members. The ACDP is also concerned about subs owned firearms that are reported as stolen or lost. We all know that not all police officers are honest. So the target to reduce lost and stolen firearms to 600 in the upcoming year is ridiculously too low. If our officers cannot safeguard their weapons, how can they be trusted to protect the South Africa? I'm afraid your time is up. Thank you. 
I now invite the Honorable the Deputy Minister of Police. Uh, thank you very much, uh, uh, Chairperson, uh, Honorable Chair, Minister of Police, Becky uh, Tele, other ministers present here, and Deputy Ministers, the Chairperson of our committee, Honorable Tina Jumat, and other committee members, MECs present here, head of entities, the National Commissioner, the executive head of IPID, Mentoring, acting secretary of the Civilian Secretariat, Dr. Uh, Ramaru, the, C- the CEO of CIRA, Mr. Chauke. It's an honor and a privilege for me to be part of these deliberations uh, this, this afternoon. I should start by saying that uh, as Parliament, as South Africa, we should be proud of the route that the President has taken to ensure that uh, as he appoints the replacement of General Stolle, he, he has adopted an approach which is very transparent, contrary to the call that was made by one Honorable Whitfield here that uh, the process is not transparent. For the first time in the Republic, a national commissioner is appointed through an open process uh, run by a panel of highly experienced South Africans, including those who served the South African police in the past. This must be uh, commended by, by the president and this administration for taking that route. To those who are making a call in this regard, Clearly, they don't uh, uh, stay in this country. Contrary to what has been said by Honorable Shambeni, it's incorrect to say the South African police is run by uh, criminals of, of networks, as alleged here. We do acknowledge that, yes, we do have elements within the South African police who work with criminals, and some of them have been arrested in the past and will continue to act against such elements who uh, behave as if they are police officers while they are, they, are, they, are, they are criminals. We will take actions against this, and anybody who engages in any criminal activity under the guise that they have connections, be it within uh, the governing party, as the South African Police Service will act against any, any wrongdoing, irrespective of who the person is, who their associates are. And we have demonstrated in the past that uh, it doesn't matter what your political affiliation is. Where action is needed, we will take action and will do so today and even tomorrow and into the future. The call that one will make during this debate to the public is, yes, let's use social media platforms to communicate our views with our friends and other colleagues that we share the same platforms with. But it's very important that we must know that the information we share on the social platform will not assist police to have a watertight case to put before prosecution for a case to stand in court. So we're making a call that while you use those platforms, please give police officers credible information so that we can act against criminals to ensure that uh, we live in an environment that is free 
uh, from crime. It is incorrect to say that uh, the officers who use rape kits are not trained. We have trained officers who use rape kits, and we know that uh, all the stations have access to rape kits in the country. The people who have access to this are those that work within the the units that deal specifically with this uh, uh, type of crime. And we do have them properly capacitated. And I thought it is important that these matters be clarified because they create an impression that uh, we give people who are not properly qualified to do the work that they are supposed to do. We have a blessing obligation to continue pursuing every effort that will realize a crime-free South Africa where the populace and everybody within our borders live without fear of being attacked or becoming victim of criminality, where our women and children do not live in fear of falling victim to gender-based violence and femicides. Honorable members, during the South African Police Service budget vote debate of 2021, my input was opened with a quote from one of the renowned Japanese authors, Mr. Hauki Murakami, which says, I quote once more, once the storm is over, you won't remember how you made it through, you, how you managed to survive. You won't even be sure what, whether the storm is really over. But one thing is certain, when you come out of the storm, you won't be the same person who walked in. That is what this storm is all about, close quote. This year's budget vote is indeed held post the stormiest years of our recent history. With South Africa and the world emerging from the overwhelming effects of the COVID-19 pandemic, we are not even sure if the storm is really over or we are still within the storm. Our beautiful coastal province of KwaZulu-Natal has just experienced severe flooding with loss of lives and immeasurable damage to infrastructure. As a department, we have also lost loved ones in both these occurrences. But one thing is certain, we are stronger as a nation than we were before. It is not easy, but we are pulling together, we are pulling through, and we will ultimately emerge. Now, the hard work of rebuilding our country through improving and strengthening our service delivery mechanisms has already started. A lot still awaits us, but with all hands on deck, we will succeed. And as Minister Taylor mentioned earlier, we are dedicating this budget vote to rebuilding and strengthening community relations in the fight against crime. We, we can comfortably stand in front of you today and state with certainty that we know what lies ahead as the ministry and the family of the South African Police Service. We are ready for the task at hand, and we further invite everyone to join in our determination to fight crime. As we have always iterated, fighting crime is not the sole responsibility of our men and women in blue, but it is our shared responsibility which will be appreciated and acted upon. Under all circumstances, we should always remember that fighting crime is a national commitment that must never be, fa be failed or compromised. 
chairperson as part of our efforts to closely and effectively work with communities in fighting crime the community in blue directives and reporting templates were developed for implementation in all the nine provinces and about 19,000 patrollers were recruited nationally which is almost double the number we reported in the previous financial year the goal is to intensify efforts to improve community policing focusing on the mobilization of the community in blue initiatives in order to improve visibility particularly in high crime areas we remain resolute to achieve our target notwithstanding certain occurrences of nature which at times reduce our speed what should be understood chair is that the issue of the community in blue is not the sole instrument that should be looked at in our fight against crime when we talk about community we are also including members of parliament we are including the business community we are including the uh, sporting fraternity we are including religious leaders together as a totality of south african citizens we have a role to play the question that need to be asked is as a member of parliament as a business person what is your role what contribution can you make in this regard because it is our joint problem we are continuing to strengthen our outreach program in partnership with the civilian secretariat for police service and other stakeholders under the stewardship of our visible policy our direct interaction with our people through imbizo afford us an opportunity to understand various difficulties and challenges affecting our communities we are ensuring that issues raised by community members are correctly recorded and followed up we have ensured regular meetings to monitor progress made on issues raised by the community members until closure of each of the cases that they have raised with us in addition as part of imbizo we intend to include public education on the processes and functioning of the criminal justice system as a whole it has come as a serious cause for concern to learn during our engagements that our people do not understand how the justice system works and are therefore unable to protect themselves in the event that their rights are violated in consideration of the increasing incidence of crime and violence against our youth and as part of our school and campus safety strategy we intend to intensify our safety and security interventions especially in institutions of higher learning in this regard we will be appointing safety and security liaison officers further together with the department of higher education and training thank you thank you deputy minister thank you very much chairperson thank you very much the next speaker will be honorable marekwa thank you most chairperson uh, let me greet uh, the honorable honorable marekwa honorable honorable marekwa hello May chair rise that you close your video for better network okay thank you chair 
Honorable House Chair, Honorable Minister and Deputy Minister of the Police, Chairperson of the Portfolio Committee on Police, Honorable Members present. The Constitution of the Republic of South Africa, Section 205, states that the objects of the SAPS are to prevent, combat, and investigate crime, to maintain public order, to protect and secure the inhabitants of the Republic and their property, and to uphold and enforce law. Close quote, Chairperson. And then to do all this, Chairperson, clearly means that the SAPS will need the necessary and relevant resources to carry out this function. The African National Congress, ANC, is resolute in creating a safer and secure society for all. Different policy documents of the ANC continue to affirm this position of putting the safety of South Africans as a priority in the government commitments. The guiding documents of the ANC, the strategy, strategy and tactics, also clearly stipulates this and explicitly affirms the commitment to creating a safe society for all. It is through a safe society where economic activities can take place freely and attract investors who are only prepared to invest in a safe, secure, and stable environment. It is through a safe and secure environment that the economic recovery plan can fully yield positive outcomes. The NDP House Chair provides the vision 2030 for the government, and this vision says, I quote, in 2030, people living in South Africa feel safe at home, at school, and at work, and they enjoy community life free of fear. Women can work freely in the streets and children play safely outside. Close quote. This is the kind of South Africa the government is striving towards, and the budget for 2022 is one of the steps towards that society. The NDP identified five key areas to enhance and the realization of the 2030 vision and two from the five that has been identified in the document, two of those also highlight the rebuilding of society, safety, rebuilding of safety using an integrated approach and building community participation in safety. These two are instrumental in fulfilling the priority six of the medium-term strategic framework, which is also, which is social cohesion and safe communities. The overall budget allocation of the department over the years has been increasing. And in 2022-2023 financial year, the department received about 100 billion rent, which is a slight nominal increase of 221.5 million. However, in real terms, considering inflation, the department's allocation decreased by 4.1 billion for the second year. And the last largest decrease for the second year and the largest decrease is in the department, department's core program of visible policing, which we believe that this part of the police department is the one that is out there doing the work uh, house chair and they really need to be taken care of and considered as and when we discuss the budget. 
In real terms, the budget for this program was reduced by 508.3 million. This is the main program that plays the meaningful role in the crime prevention in the department. With crime statistics continuing to be high, a budget reduction will surely have a negative impact on the operations of the police in the crime prevention programs. Honorable House Chair, the idea of creating a safer society is not the responsibility of the SAPS alone. Stakeholders, including businesses, churches, and all different formations, also have a critical role to play by providing support to the SAPS in different forms. This is a need, there is a need to intensify the role of community policing forums in all provinces. Government must ensure that these forums are well-trained and equipped. When communities are mobilized and working with the police, it, is, it becomes easy for police to do their job because they rely on their communities. And it becomes very difficult for criminals to commit crime, and it will ensure that criminals have no space to operate from as all gaps and corners will be tightly closed for them. It is, it is time, uh, Honorable Chair, that all of us work together and help bring peace and safety back into our homes, schools, and streets. Let us continue to report all criminal activities and suspects to the police. Let us close that net on criminals. The ANC remains committed in ensuring that we defeat gender-based violence and femicide that continues to kill women and girls in our country. This crime is happening at a pace that it is highly impossible for the peace-loving and law-abiding citizens to keep quiet. The fight against GBV also requires society to play its role in reporting this crime to the police and as and when it happens and to encourage society also to report on behalf of victims. Because sometimes we see, we hear what is happening in our neighborhood, but we tend to turn in a blind eye or turn our heads the other way. And then tomorrow we count bodies of people who have lost their life. It is important as neighbors, as people in communities where we know crime of, of this nature is taking place, it is important for us to report and assist those people who cannot raise their voice and be able to take action for themselves. We acknowledge that the DNA backlog has been reduced and the number of perpetrators were arrested and sentenced in recent times. However, in the budget allocation for the Forensic Science Laboratories, the sub-program for the 2022-2023 financial year has been reduced from 1.57 billion to 1.50 billion billion rents and we do and that we needs to be attended to and look into because if we don't address that properly also through the budget it means the backlog will still continue and it may even increase again that it will defeat the work that the police have done so far in reducing that backlog uh, Honorable House Chair, we do appreciate the good work also in this regard of the police, what they have done so far in reducing this backlog. It is not easy, but they have tried to make sure that it is reduced, and the budget will also assist them to do that further. This reduction, House Chair, will sh surely have a negative, if we reduce the budget for these uh, labs, 
will have a negative impact impact on the work and progress made by the police thus far. And it is out of this appreciation that we recommend that there should be no budget cut budget reduction in the department to enhance the work of the department in fighting against gender-based violence. The African National Congress appreciates that there are global economic challenges and welcome the budget vote and recommends that there should be no budget reductions as that will affect the work of the police. The budget is an important instrument to ensure that police are well resourced to fight crime out there. The budget vote will help in the fight against all forms of crime and that the most vulnerable people in society stand to benefit from the commitment by the African National Congress of creating a better South Africa for all. We therefore, as the ANC House Chair, welcome and support the budget vote and let us continue serving the people of South Africa to the best of our ability. I thank you. Thank you, Honorable Member. Honorable Hendricks. Honorable House Chair, the nation has been moved by the concern today of the Honorable Portfolio Committee Chair on Police, Honorable Tina Jumat, about the plight of women and the war against women by men. She must know about the kidnapping of Serene Esop yesterday, and I'm sure she's watching the progress for her rescue minute by minute as I and many others do. The parents of learners at Downville Primary School in Andover are grateful for the swift action of Deputy Minister Kassel Mathali at the request of the Chief Whip. He calls for an environment-free crime. Deputy Minister, the Cape Flats want to work with you. Just look after our learners at primary school. Mothers, like all mothers, love their children. Minister, you need to give an undertaking that within the next six months, the dilapidated state of police infrastructure will be efficiently addressed. Don't let the Minister of Public Works uh, delay you. Minister, you have already given your hat, your famous hat, that South Africa needs a socio-economic response to gangsterism, drugs, and crime problems, and Alzama commends you for that. Activists fighting gangsterism and drugs have made a paradigm shift and wants to redirect learners at schools to pursue a profession other than becoming a gang leader. We are going to invite you, Minister, when we conduct these masterclasses on the Cape Flats with these activists. You know about the latest kidnapping of a mother, a wife, and a daughter, Serene Esop. Alzama knows of your best endeavors and the best endeavors of the Provincial Commissioner of Police. Minister, please rescue Serene Esop. A car was found in Sweet Home Farms, Philippi, on the Cape Flats, but she is still missing. Her last words to her mom was, they taking me. They taking me. Alzama wants to hear your last word today, Minister Becky Shelley. We will rescue her. We will rescue her. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair. Thank you, Honorable Hendricks. The next speaker is Honorable Sheikh Imam. Uh, thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, Chairperson, allow me to start off by paying tribute to all the men and women in blue. A very difficult responsibility. Many of them go in the morning and not sure whether they're going to get back home. For what they get paid, for the benefits that they enjoy, 
their lives are at risk on a daily basis. You know, if I had it my way, Chairperson, I wouldn't even want to support this budget vote for the simple reason that the budget that is allocated to this department cannot do justice to what the needs of this department in combating and fighting crime in this country. And I know that speaker after speaker raises the issue of gender-based violence in the country as if it is the responsibility or the fault of the South African police services. Clearly it is not. No one is wanting to get to the root cause of what is going on. If you're going to allow gangsterism in the country, high unemployment rate, the availability of drugs, if you have dysfunctional families where 78% of black children do not have a father in their home, then of course the task for the South African police services is going to be more and more difficult. It is not their responsibility to fight crime. It is their responsibility to prevent crime. But we're not creating that conducive environment in this country to prevent crime. So unless we deal with this holistically, better living conditions, better housing, having roads, having electricity, ensuring there are jobs, no drugs, no alcohol, or shipping's open to 20 hours a day, you're going to continue having high levels of crime. I want to appeal to the minister and the department and I know it's very difficult what I'm going to ask. Can you prioritize and treat every kidnapping or every murder the same so that some of these people like Shireen, who's just been kidnapped, can also get the due attention? And I know that you have limited resources, particularly human resource. Again, every child is valuable. Every child is loved by her parents and all feel the pain, whether you're rich, poor, black or white. I want to urge you, Minister, to do something about it. More importantly, I want to say, Minister, through you, Chair, what we don't have is a continued assessment and wellness of police officers in the country. And that is why you're getting high levels of gender-based violence amongst police officers as well, because of the traumatic experiences that they have in combating and fighting crime. We are forgetting these are human beings that also go through trauma. So we need to deal with those uh, challenges. You know, the other problem we have, Minister, and this is a cry from many of your officers, the issue of the system of promotions, many of them feel they are being left behind and they are disillusioned and for that reason they want to exit the police force and grow into the private sector or open up their own security company. It's something else that you need. I want to lastly say this, you can put another tenfold of police officers if you don't deal with this problem holistically you're not going to fire, win this war against crime. Thank you very much. Chairperson. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Imam. The next speaker is Honorable Terplanch. Honorable Chairperson, Honorable Members, and fellow South Africans, here we are yet again. Another annual debate on the allocation of money for the South African Police Service, SAPS, to make it possible for this essential department to fulfill its Section 205 constitutional responsibilities. This is done with a purposeful anticipation and hope that this time around it will yield the desired results. Unfortunately, history has taught us that it remains an impossible dream. The following budget allocations were made to two very important departments to fulfill their responsibilities. First vote, 24 independent police investigated directorate, 
IPIT received a main appropriation of 357.2 million rand in 22-23. Taking inflation into account, the budget decreased by 3.3%. Vote 21, Civilian Secretariat for Police received the appropriation of 152.3 million in 2023. Again, taking inflation into account, the department's allocation decreased with 5.3 million or 3.5%. The obvious questions regarding both departments are, what were they both expected to do and how did they perform during previous financial years? The majority of both departments' budgets goes toward compensation of its employees. The IPAT Act provided the directorate with an extended mandate which focuses on serious crime crimes committed by members of the SAPS and the Municipal Police Service. It further obliges the SAPS and the MPS to report on matters to be investigated by IPAD and the status of implementation of disciplinary recommendations made by the IPAD upon the completion of those investigations. In terms of Section 21A of the Act, the Directorate must investigate any death in police custody. This as a result of police actions, complaints relating to the discharge of an official firearm by any police officer. Rape by a police officer, whether the police officer is on or off duty, rape of any person in police custody, any complaint of torture or assault against a police officer in the execution of their duties. Corruption matters within the police initiated by the executive director or after a complaint from a member of the public or referred to the director by the police, MEC, the Secretariat for the Police Service, and any other matter referred to IPAD because of a decision by the executive director or if so requested by the minister, an MEC or the Secretariat for the Police Service as the case may be. Section 28.2 further provides that the directorate may investigate matters related to systemic corruption involving the police. The directorate's most important task is obviously to investigate all these allegations and criminal cases. There seems to be an impossible task due to serious personnel shortages. I put conveyed the following information to the Portfolio Committee of police on the 20th of April, 2022, during their budget and annual performance meeting. On that day, they had a backlog of 37,116 cases. They had received more than 5,000 new cases for the year, but only managed to complete the investigation of 4,121, of which 53% were backlog cases. This means that 1,937 new cases are just added to the ever-growing backlog list. Considering the serious backlog, each investigator effectively has 250 cases to investigate. Indeed, an impossible task. This directorate is led by a person with no investigative experience and despite numerous promises and undertakings 
the lack of these vital skills has started to show as expected. The sad reality is that performance indicators and targets decreased or remained unchanged. In 10 out of 13 indicators, while only three increased, victims in 37,116 cases committed by police officials are still awaiting justice, while these perpetrators remain on the payroll paid by the taxpayer. This important directorate has now joined the ranks of the infamous backlockers, another failing entity, another toothless bulldog, desperately barking without the necessary bite. The civilian secretariat also show slow performance. At the moment, the impact on the ground is still unclear. They are only theorizing about the suitable measuring tool, while essential legislation, policies, etc., are not forthcoming with unacceptable timeframes. The following deliverables still lack momentum. Improving community participation in the fight against crime. Improving community police relations. Facilitating collaboration, coordination, and integration on safety, crime, and violence prevention with all spheres, within all spheres of government. Ensuring a transformed and accountable police service. By now, Minister Taylor is, is notorious for not filling vacant posts timelessly. This department is limping along without the leader, despite timeless reminders by the opposition. Please, Minister, it's time to fill this post. The department are not firing on all cylinders. The country is waiting. Thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable Member. Honorable Members, I'm advised that Honorable Jumat Peterson saved three minutes and Honorable Marekwa saved one minute, one minute, of which both of them would want to donate to Honorable Siabi. In other words, Honorable Siabi will now have 14 minutes. May I call Honorable Siabi? Thank you, Chairperson. And greetings to the Honorable Minister of Police and other ministers on the platform. Honorable Deputy Minister Matali and other Deputy Ministers on the platform. The Chairperson of the Portfolio Committee of Police, Honorable Members of the Portfolio Committee of Police, Honorable Members of Parliament on the platform. House Chairperson, let me appreciate the opportunity given to me to participate in the budget vote of the Department of the South African Police Services. As the ANC, we full support this budget changes facing this department. However, we will overcome. This is the department hard at work to make sure that the lives of our, of our people are safe. Honorable Minister, let me assure you of our support in your endeavor to fix the police service. Don't fear to intervene where necessary. It is only when the political leader has a political will and is passionate about his or her work that things will happen. 
there are those who cry political intervention, calling it political interference. But at the same time, they blame the minister when things are not happening, claiming that the buck stops with the minister. They are talking with split tongues. Chairperson, it is in this regard that I call upon community members to play a pivotal role and assist SAPs to fight crime. Because fighting crime is a societal issue. We support this budget confident that the leadership of the department will respond positively to the call by the state president during SONA when he announced that more than 10,000 police officers will be recruited in the next 12 months. These new recruits, once they complete their training, they will contribute towards visible policy, one of the areas in which the department has shown some weakness. We are happy that amongst these recruits will be people qualified in the areas of science. And intervention that will in the long run minister increase the capacity of subs to deploy relevant and skilled office laboratories. We support this budget, House Chair, fully aware that whilst the majority of police officers are doing their work out of order, moonlighting as criminals. It is in this regard that we call upon the Independent Police Investigator Directive, IPIT, to be even more robust in their investigation and bring into book the rogue police officers so that the trust relationship between communities and subs can be restored. IPIT derives its mandate from the Independent Police Investigative Act, which gives effect to Section 206, Subsection 6 of the South African Constitution. The bulk of the work done by IPIT is to investigate crimes committed by members of the South African Police Services and complaints against them. In supporting this budget, it is our view that it will enhance IPIT's ability to conduct investigations thoroughly and improve the quality of such investigations. It will assist IPIT to establish offices in all provinces to ease, to enable IPIT to be accessible to ordinary citizens. Honorable Chairperson, from this budget, IPIT's share is 357 million plus, which is a nominal increase compared to the previous budget. However, if we are to factor in inflation, then we would conclude that IPIT's budget has decreased by 3.37%. The state of affairs will directly affect investigation and information management program, which is the main service delivery subdivision. This, therefore, will considerably affect the ability of IPIT to effectively carry out its mandate. It is our hope that the leadership of IPIT will think out of the box 
in addressing the backlogs. It is indeed unacceptable that we have such a huge backlog of cases in IPT. Honorable members, whilst we sympathize with IPT regarding their budgetary constraints, we are however worried about the downgrading of their targets as captured in their annual plan. Honorable Chairperson, as I've alluded earlier to the announcement by the President that more than 10,000 police officers will be recruited and that this will increase the number of police officers, therefore intensifying visible policy. We are told that such recruits have already started training and they will be ready for deployment in the near future. We are happy that the leadership of the department is responding to the call by the state president, notwithstanding the budget cuts that will affect the program, as I said, for example, of visible policy. This budget reduction poses a challenge to the implementation of the police mandate of creating safer communities. Honorable members, the Private Security Industry Regulatory Authority, CIRA, is mandated to regulate the private security industry and exercise control over the practice of the occupation of security providers in the public interest as well as in the interest of the private security industry itself. As we support this budget vote, it is our conviction that it will go a long way in enhancing the work of CIRA. Honorable members, as the ANC through the portfolio committee will continue to hold the executive and the department ac accountable. We call upon the executive and the department to ensure that there's value for money as they execute and implement programs funded from this budget. Let me, Honorable Chair, once more congratulate General Masamula for being appointed as the National Commissioner and continue to thank General Sutole for the foundation laid. I also want to thank the President for acting so swiftly in replacing General Sitole. If this can be the attitude we adopt in the whole public service, we can be assured of better service delivery. As I close out, Chair, I want to reiterate our concern with regard to the number of police officers being killed on and off duty. Also police officers who commit suicide. We raised this concern with the National Commissioner, General Masamula, and he has promised the Portfolio Committee that he will intensify the implementation of wellness programs to assist police officers. Further, that he will develop a serious intervention program to mitigate against killing of police on and off duty. The National Commissioner promised as well to introduce programs that will raise the morale of police officers. Chairperson, we lower our banner as we remember the fallen men and women in uniform. We as well take our heads off for those police officers who are committed to their work, especially those who have carried their mission successfully as we have witnessed in the very not so long distant past. Chairperson, once more the ANC supports the budget vote. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Honorable Member. I now invite the Honorable the Minister of Police, 
Thank you very much, Chair. A contribution made by members. Uh, not much to respond except uh, Honorable Wilfield. The points he put are all contained on the speech. If he goes back to read the speech, he will understand that uh, he was almost superfluous on his contribution. Uh, except the last point, the way he talks about devolution of powers. He knows it's unconstitutional. He can instruct the minister to follow his mind of being unconstitutional. So I'll end there on that one. Chair, Chair the Honorable Member uh, Shembeni, I'm really not going to be charged for uh, his display of maximum uh, ignorance of the matters. Uh, it cannot be my problem. So if once you be briefed on matters, many of them wrongly put here, that could be fixed to Chairperson. Chairperson, the issue of sharing ASOP is taken on a very high level. The national team has been dispatched to work with the provincial team there since we was lost 2 p.m. Though the car has been found, that was she was driving, but she has not been found. We believe that uh, uh, the police will be able to crack the case as it has done with, uh, with other cases. Chairperson, from our side as a ministry, uh, we'd like uh, to thank the leadership of the South African police uh, as extended prof uh, an extended uh, profound gratitude to the sub-member law enforcement partners and their families for their selfless sacrifice during the April floods in KZN, and in particular those who made the ultimate sacrifice in the service of their communities. We lost quite several police uh, on this on these duties, Chairperson. Uh, Chairperson, we would love to uh, conclude, uh, conclude from the ministry by thanking the Deputy Minister uh, Matale and the, the guidance uh, provided by the Chairperson uh, Tina Jumat and uh, the National Commissioner and all Portfolio Committee members, uh, the Chief of Staff of the Ministry, uh, uh, acting the, the Acting Secretary, the IPT Head, uh, the CEO Sira Manabela Chauge, the Judge Homo, Lindy Thomas Ngos SC, who is the board chair uh, of the uh, DNA uh, board, Ms. Lunga Loshandu is dealing with the uh, issues of the firearms appeals board. And uh, I would love to thank the family that uh, supports us under very difficult conditions. Uh, every member of the family, especially the wife, that uh, uh, keeps us going. But Chairperson, uh, all same should be used, and all members of the police uh, are remembered. And the, the last but not least, all members of the South African Police Service, all men and women in blue, from this college where they are to the highest office, we are saying to them, thank you very much. We salute them for the commitment and the work they are doing in order to protect the nation. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Minister. That concludes the debate and the business of this virtual mini plenary session. And the mini plenary will now rise. <laughs>